Hello there. We're Vincent Elliott McNally. Yes, the great-great-grandsons of map-making mogul Rand McNally. And we'll be your hosts and tour guides on a trip across America, one small town at a time. In the spirit of our great-great-grandfather, we're traveling the country writing the family's first almanac in over 50 years. Towns and Country, the McNally Brothers' comprehensive guide to small-town America. Each week we'll be in a new town, and after getting to know the place and the people, we'll tell you, the listener, all there is to know. In a show we call These Parts, a podcast putting towns on the map. Hello listeners, and welcome again to yet another episode of These Parts. I am one of your hosts, Elliot McNally, and with me each week is my brother and my friend and my traveling companion, Vince McNally. How are you, Vince? Elliot, I'm great. Yet another episode indeed. Uh, certain fans of the show and our producer Xander have expressed uh, surprise and concern that the show is still on the air after yes. how many episodes has this been, Elliot? Yeah, this is episode 70. After 70 episodes. But you know what? We're just getting started, America. We are. And like getting started, I've been meaning to talk to you. These, these upfronts um, of the show have been... Pretty easy to do because we were talking about RANCON for, you know, uh, for a while. We, we'd give listeners updates on what was going on. Now that RANCON is over, um, I've been getting some feedback that these things are kind of getting to be a slog. Um, yeah, so to combat this issue, we've tried outsourcing the, the first four minutes of the show mm-hmm. with varying degrees of success. We haven't gone live with any. Uh, I think my favorite so far, and you can weigh in on yours, was the stomp found percussion intro where there's no words, there's just trash cans and old-timey washboards being banged. Yeah, that was great. We also reached out to uh, various other podcasters, more successful than us, to do the upfront for us. Um, they, however, had no idea what the show was about. You know, Mark Marin tried one. Uh, Chris Hardwick did one, and it just didn't fit with the vibe. Now, in in the spirit of full disclosure, I don't think we can call Chris Hardwick's submission doing one. We had Xander, with several microphones taped to him, run alongside Chris Hardwick on his way to a cab in New York. Yeah, he was. most of it was just talking about the previous episode of Walking Dead. And... Still in focus testing, it was the one that scored highest. So <laughs> yeah, so next yeah next episode will be the Chris Hardwick intro. So you won't have to listen to us. But unfortunately, if you've already tuned in and you cannot stop the recording, we are going to be chugging along. And Vince, we're in a great town today, one that I think we should put on the map. Great idea, Elliot. So listeners at home, take out your comprehensive Rand McNally U.S. wall maps in whatever form you have them, and take out your commemorative push pins to get ready to stick a pin in Spamoke, North Carolina. We are gonna have an esteemed guest this week help us out to do that. Spamoke, North Carolina, Vince, is a refuge for the nation's remaining organ grinders. Absolutely. Uh, A lot of times we say, you know, it's a grind out here on the road going from town to town, but never has it been more true than here in Spamoke. And to our listeners who might not be familiar, uh, there's no shame in that, Organ grinding is a lost art in which a man, a monkey, and a box come together to form what some call the pinnacle of street performance. And just to be clear, it's not just any box. It's a man, it's a monkey, but it's not just a normal box. It's a box that plays music. Right, and you that that is the titular organ of the profession, though. It's not a classical organ. Uh, you crank it, it plays a little tune. Your monkey dances. The monkey sometimes holds cymbals. Uh, coins are exchanged. 
uh, et cetera, et cetera. And you're probably thinking to yourself, wow, this sounds great. I want to see one. Why aren't there any in my town? And that's because a lot of people frowned upon organ grinders and in the mid-1900s, Spamoki popped up as a refuge. Everyone was turning their backs on organ grinders, but Spamoki opened up their hearts and their arms. And so now we have a ton of organ grinders here, and with us today is one of them. Can you introduce yourself? Gladly. Thank you for having me today, gentlemen. Uh, my name is Reginald P. Frankum Esquire. Reginald P. Frankum Esquire. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Uh, it's my pleasure to get the good name of Spamoki, North Carolina, to the people of your uh, viewership, your radio program. Well, we are so happy to have you, and we usually give the honor of putting the pin in our map to our guests, but you have your little monkey friend. What is his name here? Ah, uh, this is little Bub-Bub. Can I give the pin to Bub-Bub to put the pin in? Yeah, it's probably best that you hand the pin to me. I will hand it to Bub-Bub. Oh, actually, he, you know what? He's already jammed the pin into Bub -Bub. my hand. Bub-Bub! <laughs> so, yeah, you, Bub -Bub. you might want to pick another one that's not infected. Bub-Bub! Yeah, maybe, maybe Bub-Bub can sit a little uh, away from me. He's giving me kind of a, a mean-mugging glare right now. He seems to like you, Vince. Very territorial, but there's something about the <laughs> that shimmer in your eye, Vincent, that he just has a taken to you. Me and the lesser primates of the world have a sort of an understanding. Mm, uh, 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 uh. Do not call him lesser. He understands words. <laughs> uh, my, my apologies, Bobo. I meant it strictly in the binomial nomenclature sense of the word. You know, and Vince, you're holding a box of Rand McNally maps, and it maybe to Bobo it looks sort of like you're holding an organ, so maybe that's why he has an affinity to, towards you. I have fashioned a crude organ out of this map pile. It's primate interaction one, 101. You, you have to make yourself blend into the surroundings. So, Reginald, can you uh, pick a different pin that hasn't been used as a weapon and stick it in Spamoki, North Carolina for us? Certainly, I'd be glad. And there it is. While you're doing that, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? How did you become an organ grinder? Well, uh, like many of the good people of Spamoki, I actually come from the North. North America, Canada? Oh, well, we're all from North America. You should know your history book. Yeah, didn't you read our one history book, <laughs> Elliot? I, I skimmed it. You should give it a good read next time. You've got a little time down at Mrs. Maybell's Organ Grinder and Coffeeorium. It's got the best Joe in town and plenty of good music. Now, I come from a long line of organ grinders uh, from uh, specifically Upper North New York. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Mm, yeah, it's the state of New York. When you were a proper organ grinder like my father, Reginald P. Frankum Sr., you were able to make your way from the very tip-top of New York all the way to the big city or the big apple as... You like apples, don't you, Bub-Bub? <laughs> Call him Bub-Bub. He just threw the apple at me. Well, he took one bite and he knew that's all he needed. Very efficient system of turning calories into energy. Well, and you need that energy to be an organ grinder because you guys are constantly on the run, it seems. Did you know that the term organ grinder actually comes from grinding the organ all day? I put that together, yeah. <laughs> you, you have to grind the organ all day to make proper money to eat and that's why uh that's why they would call it a grinder not to be confused with the sandwich from philadelphia yeah it's not a hoagie not a hero originally organ grinders were using sandwiches uh to try and make music slapping the meats together 
stuff like that. But then Very that's figured out, yeah, to, to use the organ, actually. The amount you would spend on napkins was always way more than you would bring in for food. So they decided to actually make an instrument where the organ was inside a box so you couldn't get it. You couldn't get to it. Well, see, I'm already learning so much. Uh, I do have a personal question, if you, if you don't mind, before we go on. You mentioned your, your father was, was Frankum Sr., and you are your Frankum Third Esquire. Uh, where did uh, Frankum Jr. go? Uh, well, this is tough to talk about. I didn't mean to pry. It, no, no. I signed the waiver that you put in front of my face and said I would uh, answer any questions you threw my way. So, Jr., it's very complicated. Jr. is my true father. But he had me at such a young age that they thought it best to hide the fact that he was my father, and they called him mm. my brother. The weird uh, thing is, wow. they kept using the name Reginald. So, it didn't take long for me to put two and two and three together. Because why would you and your brother have the exact same name? Why does everyone have the same name? And the reason we all have the same name is because, quite frankly, there's no better name than Reginald in the English language and certainly in any sort of Gaelic, Anglo-Saxon language. Thanks for letting us into the, the history of your family. We appreciate it. And Vince, I appreciate you putting together that waiver because so many times in the past we've had guests on the show, they come on and then they haven't signed a waiver. They refuse to answer any questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of these pesky guests wriggling off the hook without, you know, hitting some of our hard balls back at us. Uh, so I, I just drafted this. It's not legal. Xander cannot stress that enough. Nothing legally binding about the waiver, etc., etc. But I'm sure as a man of the law as you are, uh, Reginald Esquire, uh, you know that a man's word is as good as law, at least here in Spamoki. And in Spamoki, a monkey's word is just as good as well. I didn't realize that. Oh, yes. I've worked long and hard for the rights of organ-grinding monkeys here in Spamoki. Are you talking about literal words the monkeys are saying, or are they using some sort of sign language? A little of both. Some of the language is crude, but it's getting better with each generation. I mean, we could be on an evolutionary leap here, even though that leap is technically speaking behind humans. So you're saying that eventually maybe it's going to be the monkeys playing the organs, am I right? Well, uh, uh, slow down. <laughs> If we're talking about words, be they said by man, monkey, or otherwise, I think it's a perfect opportunity for us to evolutionarily leap into our next segment, Elliot. I couldn't agree more, Vince, and that would be Say What. So, listeners, Say What is our exploration of the lexicon, the language, the lingo of the towns that we stay in. What better way to learn how to live in a town than how to talk in a town? This week, I'm sure we're in for some interesting words indeed. Yeah, of course, all these organ grinders are from all over the world, and they have congregated here in Spamoki. Uh, so there's a lot of different languages, a lot of different sayings, uh, vernacular, all coming together. Reginald, what is something you'd hear in Spamoki that you wouldn't ever hear anywhere else? Well, first of all, as soon as you enter the Spamoki city limits, it is a local custom to tap uh, either your dashboard or your horse or just your thighs if you're going for a nice stroll and say, Spamoki Okie Dokie. Spamoki Okie Dokie. Uh, what, is, what exactly is this meant to signify? Who, are, is this said from one person to another, said quietly to yourself? Uh, it is something that you say to the gods that sit upon Spamoki. Uh, it's, it's a way of saying... Everything that happens here is all right with me. If you're all right with me, then I'm all right with you. Love, 
insert name here. All that is condensed down to Spamoki Okie Dokie. Spamoki Okie Dokie. And the gods you speak of, I just want to point out that sitting atop the city limits of Spamoki are hundreds of monkeys. It's very much like that Planet of the Apes scene when they, they walk in and the, the treetops and the ruined buildings are lined with monkeys. Uh, and specifically, it, it they modeled m- many of the monuments of the city after the final scene of the Mark Wahlberg and Tim Burton Planet of the Apes film. Uh, spoiler alert, there is an Abraham Lincoln monkey. That is why the Lincoln Monument is in the center of the town, but he's a monkey. Correct, and that's why his name is just Abraham, because they don't like giving monkeys last names, because they think it'll make them feel too human. That's why we always give them funny names, like Bub-Bub, or Bubbles, or Marcus Garvey. Bub-Bub has written something... Uh, he's saying my name actually isn't Bub-Bub. That's an insult. My name is William. That's a neat trick he's got there, Reginald. Not in public, Bub-Bub. <laughs> We've made a lot of progress. He's he scrawled something else. He says, it, it, I'm reading it, it's a little bit sloppy handwriting, so I apologize. It says, the time for revolution is nigh. That's almost his own little say what. He says that all the time. <laughs> well, well, speaking of monkey language, I'm sure listeners would want to know how training a monkey to do your bidding is different than a dog or a cat or something like that. So are there any language or sayings that you use with monkeys that you won't hear anywhere else? Well, a lot of it's pretty straightforward. Now, it, it, it comes from, uh, uh, some of it comes from the, the north that we talked about. You, you've got to identify the different people who are watching your show. Mm-hmm. And there's basically three types of people. There's uh, the people that you know, no matter what you do, are going to give you money because they're amazed by anything. We call those people Rockefellers. So, or Rockums. I'll go, bub bub, Rockum, three o'clock. And he'll know where to point the cup. So, of course, after John D. Rockefeller. So, if you see a guy in a top hat and monocle, an oil baron looking type of guy, it's probably this type of person. Yes. Long penguin-esque tails on his, on his sport coat. <laughs> on his way to the, the opera or something. Yes. Okay, so that's one. There's Rockums. The second group, those are called LaGuardias. No good son of a bitch LaGuardias. You don't bother with them. And if Bub-Bub's had a little bit to drink, you let them take care of LaGuardias. Yes, the former mayor of New York, LaGuardia, he had a steaming hatred for organ grinders. So so you don't bother with them, you got your attention on Rockham's, what's the third type of person? Well, the third ones, well, those ones are called Martha Mays. A Martha May is someone who's very intrigued, but a little bit skeptical. If you work hard enough, you could get a, a couple of dimes out of her. Maybe. But when you do, it's the most rewarding dime you've ever had. I'm married to a Martha May. Did you know that? Did you use Bub Bub to get her attention somehow? Or how did, how did you guys meet? Well, we were sitting on 4th and Main, downtown Spamoki, and I caught her eye. To be fair, I thought that maybe she was a Rock'em. So I sent Bub Bub to get some, get some money. And she sent him away, and I knew. That's a Martha May, and I've got to take care of this myself. So I ground on over there and introduced myself with a, one of my best numbers. It's called the Spamoki 1, the Spamoki number 1. It used to be Spamoki 64, but, well, it was number 1, so I named it such. Isn't that right, Bub-Bub? You like, you're tired of number 1. But it brings in the most money. I, we do not need to diversify. 
Just we'll, we're doing the radio program. We'll talk about this later, Bubba. So I'm sorry. I was telling a story about meeting my Martha May. Her name happens to be Regina. Uh, Regina and Reginald. Uh, yes, she's now Regina P. Frankum. She took your middle initial in the marriage. Uh, she just happened to have her 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 maiden name was Partisep. Regina Partisep. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, not to interrupt your story, which is lovely, by the way. Uh, on the side, the inner wall of the RV, Bubub has scrawled uh, in increasingly adept calligraphy, the indignities of our kind will not be forgotten. Bubub, get some new work. That's, you didn't write that. Are you going to cite it? You have to cite No, I don't. Fuck Chicago style. This is a MLA house. This is uh, an I MLA house. Off track. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, he needs to learn. We are, we're in mixed company, Bubba. No, don't. Yeah. Can, can you put his fez back on him, please? I, I don't like to see monkeys without fezes on. He doesn't like the fez. It's revealed a, a, a small helmet with a tiny horn on it. Like a Bismarckian foot soldier. Well, you, you know, we're veering off topic. I, I want to veer on to something that you had said. Um, you perform at the corner of 4th and Main, and um, a visitor might notice that every single, single corner in Spamoki, North Carolina, is 4th and Main because there was a lot of uh, argument over which organ grinder had the best corner in the city. So all the streets were renamed either 4th or Main. I, uh, I'm proud to say that I was... I was a member of the team that came forth with that legislation. Uh, that little bits of infrastructure uh, was the brainchild of my friend uh, Daniel Fourth Tooth Esquire and myself. Are all you guys Esquires? Oh, no, not all of them. No, no, no. All, all of all of your family's organ grinders have been Esquired, though. They have been. Yes, yes. A long line of. We've been fighting that no good son of a bitch Laguardia. For years, and his minions, be they ethereal or literal, those are strong words. Almost as strong as the words that uh, Bubba is continually scrolling on the walls. He's he's pretty adorable. He's my Bubba, aren't you, Bubba? No, take don't don't put on riot gear. We're not playing warriors today. Thank you, Vince. Have you heard anything uh, as we've been around town this week that you thought was an interesting? word or phrase yeah i i i have i've encountered in my wanderings you know i'm a bit of a restless spirit elliot i like to to walk the towns the neighborhoods after dark get a taste of the nightlife and the actual culture that goes on in the streets i've seen huddled groups of of organ grinder monkeys squeaking to each other in their monkey language uh something that that sort of resembles uh sees the means of production so I'm not, I'm not sure what that means. If it's some sort of cute little monkey language lingo, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, that's I've heard that a lot. I've heard it basically on every street corner. Now it seems like now that Bubba has heard you say that, or the, the sound of that, he is saluting you, and he has become more um, affectionate towards you. Yes, he gave me a little handshake, the type where you grab their forearm, yes, and, <laughs> and grip it tightly and stare into each other's eyes and nod. He's he's done that to me a few times now. Yeah, I know you can't see it at home because this is a radio program, but uh, it's happening. There's still tension here in Spamoki. We've we've made some great strides, uh, but we've got a long way to go. And I'm I I will admit that I'm a part of that that struggle on both sides. Sometimes what people don't realize is that in addition to being the refuge for organ grinders, we also have the largest organ grinding museum 
and organ grinding factory, which happened to be the same thing. So this is this is where they make the organs that are used to play music. Correct. Typically and historically have been run by uh, disenfranchised monkeys of organ grinding acts. So how, how do they become disenfranchised? How are they separated from their uh, master? Uh, there's two ways. One is a sign of, as a show of aggression against uh, an audience member who isn't a LaGuardia. The second way that it would happen naturally is the death of your your grindy. Grindy, of course, referring to to the to the man or woman, the human man or woman in charge of the actual grinder. Yeah, the human man or woman, and on some occasion, specifically on the 9th of August, the monkey who was grinding. Yeah, the the grinder had called in sick, and then the monkey had to take over the duty. Well, that's yeah. so you know the story. Mm, yes, uh, I, I've heard it. I, when I was walking on the museum, I, I read a little about it. Yes, the story of Daisy Foot Jones. On that fateful August 9th, it was amazing. And, and it brings me to uh, the phrase that I heard that I wanted to talk about, and that is one that I'm sure a lot of people have seen uh, on looking at organ grinders, and they may have interpreted it one way, but it's interpreted differently in Spamoki, North Carolina, and that's a, a phrase written on a sign that says, Do not feed the monkey. Now, of course, this is for practical reasons. You don't want to feed the monkey and get your hand bitten or something. But it's also been appropriated by the monkey proletariat as a almost war cry to say, you know, do not perpetuate the treatment of monkeys. It's also been used by the human group, LaGuardia group, rather, to say, do not pay attention to these people and do not give them money. I uh, hate to interject. Bobob has now drawn a sort of a crude picture it shows you elliot it's got your signature beard he's being strung up in in a sort of makeshift noose and it says simply beneath monkey feed monkey uh you'll you'll have to excuse me for just one second i need to have a powwow with bub bub Hmm, sure bub bub no 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 we i that was we were drunk i did not mean you could actually sacrifice No, that <laughs> that's a good pun, but no, not right now. We yes, uh, don't tell anyone, but I'll let you play before the ninth. Okay, sorry about well, that. that. That's fine. No, it seems like you all. guys got something worked out, and I think it parlays nicely into our next segment, which is all about open communication. Mm. Interesting. And this is usually the time that Vince would chime in to continue <laughs> to transition us into that segment. You know, I think you're doing such a great job, Elliot. Why don't you bring it home as well? I will. Uh, That segment is called Wouldn't You Like to Know? So, listeners, Wouldn't You Like to Know is your weekly opportunity to write into the show with your specific questions, queries, and inquisitions. Uh, We usually have time, and by usually I mean every single week, have time to read exactly three submissions. I've got the first one for us. Who would that be from, Vince? This is from someone just signed Gladius and it's it, you know I have to say it's written in kind of sloppy handwriting so hmm. I don't know okay. well, let's give let's give it a chance yeah you know you don't need to be a penmanship expert to get on the show yeah for for a long time we did have that qualification and we were reading these long letters that were written in calligraphy but then we decided to open it up to anyone yeah we ended up getting a really disproportionate number of second grade substitute teachers writing into the show, and uh, it was kind of skewing the type of questions, uh, much more curriculum and knitting-based. 
we had to throw out a whole batch of shows. Um, <clears throat> but moving on to read Gladius's question. Uh, Gladius writes, The end is here. Too long have we suffered. Too many injustices perpetrated against us. Ape kind will rise. It will rise again in the ashes of this civilization. Rise, my monkey brothers. Rise. It seems like there's some beating going on inside of our RV right now. Some, it's gently rocking back and forth. I knew the hydraulic system that I blew season six's budget on was well worth it. Uh, Reginald, do you have anything to say to Gladius? Oh, it, it seems like it's subsided now. <sighs> I've got to recuse myself from responding to this as Gladius and I are currently in a lawsuit that well, quite frankly, could hinge on the rights of monkey kind, ape kind, if they will, and humankind and Spamoki for the next thousands of years. You know, it seems like monkeys and the humans would be better partners because you guys have been kicked out of so many cities together, but now it seems like there's a schism between the two species. There's just a lot of people who think they know the proper way for us to move forward and I'm one of those people, and I don't, I don't know that I know for sure. But I know that the monkeys don't necessarily know either, so uh, I don't know. We've got to find a better way. Well, there's a great deal of honesty and uncertainty sincerely expressed, so thanks for that. Uh, thanks for writing, Gladius. Just assuming that you're a person and not a monkey. Oh, that's a monkey. I know Gladius. Uh, that's, as, that's as much as I can say. Elliot, maybe you have the He next. lives on 4th and Main, but you knew that. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, if you have a guess of where anyone lives in this town, it's probably going to be fourth and Maine. Uh, guys, I do have the next question right in front of me. This comes from Martha in Louisville, Kentucky. Hey, thanks for writing, Martha. Martha writes, she has loved organ grinders since she was a little girl, and she says that something else she loves is the cinema. You and me both, Martha. She says that on the way to the movies as a little girl, she would always pass by organ grinders and give the monkeys money. So... That's a great sentiment right there. I love it. She has a strong recollection of one monkey named Bub Bub that she gave money to on her way to see the 1970s thriller Deliverance, which was shot and took place in Spamokie, North Carolina. Oh, boy. Did you say correct? Everything about that is correct. Bub Bub is very advanced in age. Just by my calculations, he has to be almost 50 years old. He's 54. This tells me that he's had other owners besides you. Uh, well, he's had other Reginald P. Frankums. He's, uh, <laughs> he's outlived both my father, who was my grandfather, and my brother, who was my father. Oh, interesting. So he has been passed down generation to generation in your family. Or you could say that he's been passing us around. <laughs> right, but, but, Bub-Bub, you're going to bury me, aren't you? I, I hate to interject again. Bub-Bub has scratched into the carpet. This body is simply a vessel. My spirit is ageless beyond reason. Stop watching Westworld, Bub-Bub. I told you, no more HBO Go. Yeah, we all know Bernard is Arnold. You know, it's Bernard is Arnold. Everyone gets it. Bub-Bub, uh, no. Bub-Bub, there is one timeline. <laughs> 
There is one timeline. Man, it seems, it seems like someone has to get off of Reddit and start collecting money for his organ grinding master. He keeps applying for an AMA. I told him this is the best he'd get. Well, uh, something we do have to clear up is that Deliverance was actually neither shot nor set in Oh, North that's Carolina. not true. Really? Mo okay, so here's, it's, yes and no, it's a yes and no situation. Most of it was shot in the Appalachia region of Virginia. But the first scene in the movie and the last scene were filmed here in Spamoki. Specifically the scene where they drive up and the uh, inbred boy with the black eyes is playing, mm. uh, I believe he's playing like a banjo, you know, the do doon 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 that mm. whole thing. That was originally an organ grinder. Oh, I see. And uh, he had a monkey and everything. That, uh, that boy was wearing black contacts, otherwise the same effect. That you see in the movie, his name was Mark, and the monkey what got so excited about being uh, in the movie that he kept looking into the camera. You know, you have to look to mm -hmm. the right, to the left of the camera. You've got to exactly. keep it professional, right, Bub Bub? That's acting one hundred and one. You look to the right or to the left. Right or to the left, not into. You can't mm -hmm. see the soul. They were less advanced then. He thought he could see the soul of the camera. Much like he thought he could look into the soul of John Voight, but only John Voight lets in people into his soul. And I, I do want to say that they decided to err on the side of reshooting the scene with banjos because you can't really have dueling organ grinders since the song is already preset. Yes, it's, it basically was just like a, like a symphony of organ grinders, which was beautiful. It was beautiful. The, they don't have deleted scenes for movies from the 70s, but if they did, mm. it would be the most popular scene, deleted scene that's ever happened. But uh, it couldn't be. It just couldn't be because it's not, it's not, it wasn't right tone for the movie, which is fair. And I, I think you may be also confusing the last scene. I, I went to a movie here later or earlier this week, and the last scene was the, the final scene from the Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes when uh, he realizes that it was Earth all along. And I, and I was told that that last scene is spliced into every single movie here by some unknown people or monkeys. Oh, it's Abraham. Uh, well, interesting as that cinematic factoid is, perhaps we should leave that up to the interpretation of the masses uh, do you have our next question, our final question for us, Reginald? Oh, yes. I'll grab this here for me. Thank you. Uh, this one comes from Timothy Dalton in Bend, South Dakota. He asks, why? It just says, why? I had the same question. You know, why, why is Timothy Dalton listening to our show? Why does he live in South Dakota now? I think he knows what he did. Duh. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, you do know that... The former Bond, the former James Bond, Timothy Dalton, is a level four organ grinder, correct? Not only did I not know that, Reginald, I didn't know that there were levels. I didn't know that there were levels to grinderhood. Oh, I just assumed everyone, right? <laughs> I thought everyone knew that. <laughs> uh, there's 17 levels to organ grind. So as you ascend the levels, what happens? Uh, well, you start at 17, so like when you're born, uh, if you can hold the crank, then you're a level seven. I see. I see. Very rudimentary. Uh, the first word. If your first words are Rockham, then you skip to thirteen. So my first uh, words were in fact Rockham. My third, fourth, fifth, and sixth words were Son of a Bitch, Laguardia. That skipped. It, that skipped mm -hmm. me to eleven. So by the time I was three years old, I was uh, a level eleven 
grinder. Wow, this is... I'm being enlightened right now. So why is Timothy Dalton only level four? Well, he's all the way up to level four, Elliot. He got pretty far. Uh, and to be honest, part of the reason he had to stop at four is because License to Kill is just a travesty. It is a pretty terrible movie. It's horrible. He's not... He, if, there, if it wasn't for George Lazenby, he'd probably be the worst Bond there is. Now, I, I, I hate to interrupt this once again, but in, in, monkey, in monkey scratchings on now the underside of our chairs, I'm seeing the words, that film is proof your kind should be exterminated. I'm not going to disagree with you, bub bub. You know, we have had George Lazenby on the show before, and I, I just want to say that I'm, I'm sure he would agree with you that Timothy Dalton is the worst Bond. Fighting, infighting, as it were. Well, thanks for writing, everyone who wrote, including you, Timothy Dalton. Hope you'll never be a three. Stop trying, Timothy. I hope your life is going well in Bend, South Dakota. Um, and thanks for everyone who wrote, who didn't get on on the air. I a lot of our letters this week are just are just red paint paw prints on tiny flags, covered in feces. Not paint. I think this is as good a time as any to transition into a. One of my favorite segments, Elliot. And that is called Best Kept Secrets. So we're ambassadors to the towns that we visit, listeners, but part of being a journalist and a, and a real explorer is finding the not-so-savory parts of a town's uh, demeanor, maybe the seedy underbellies that make them interesting, intriguing, and a little bit dangerous Reginald, what sort of things would you classify as the best-kept secrets, dangerous or otherwise, here in Spamoki? Number one is that if you go to the base of Abraham, not Lincoln's memorial, and in a, a sort of speakeasy sort of way, you go to the back door and, and rap rap on the back door that is on the back of the monument. Are you saying, like, a spoken word? <laughs> Slam? No, I'm not. I'm not slamming. But on Tuesdays they do have slam poetry. But there's a speakeasy mm-hmm. underneath Abraham's monument that has the best drinks, the best food, and the best entertainment you're going to find in this part of North Carolina. Uh, I'm not saying Spamoki. I'm saying Spamoki and the surrounding suburbs. You know, I checked this place out. It was it was called the Golden Paw. Yes, and. Uh, I was impressed not only by the quality of the drinks prepared by my monkey bartender, uh, but also there were large crates of rifles setting a great like kind of a pre-war atmosphere, and everyone was wearing tiny green berets. You know that, that how there's some places in the world where it seems like just everyone can gather, and everyone it's they're very progressive and they're very forward and they're very smart and they're on the cusp of originality and artism and uh, deliciousness. This is these, all these things meet at the Golden Paw on 4th and Main, and it's, it's beautiful, and it's, it's the sort of thing, it's the sort of melting pot you want Spamoki to be. This is, when you want Spamoki Okie Dokie, this is what it is. You said deliciousness, and I, I want to I back up for a second, because Spamoki, and I learned this at my time at the Spamoki Organ Grinder Museum, is actually the name of a special type of monkey-based salami that the town is named after. And so I think there's probably a bone of contention there with the monkeys and the people in town. Here's, uh, here's another secret. While, yes, 
deliciousness is historically a monkey-based sausage, kind of in the in the mold of a chorizo. It's no longer made with it hasn't been made with actual monkey meat since 1998. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot more recently than I had anticipated. They use now a combination of ground rat and uh, pork. Just it's just a nice pork. So so the cycle of life for a monkey in Spamoki would be come here uh, or maybe you know you're captured in Africa India some somewhere brought over to serve your organ grinder master you live out that whole horrible life and then you are shoved into the organ grinder and ground into spamoki which is salami there, there was even a period of time where that was considered an honorary like you <laughs> you would the, the the most honorable thing that uh, you could do was to put your feet into the grinder and grind yourself into the deliciousness uh, until you could no longer function, and then uh, your grinder would finish you off. At a certain point, as the monkeys uh, started to realize that this was not uh, actually that cool, they got mad about it, so we stopped making them do it, but we still did it for another probably 40 years or so. Then a lawsuit came about in about 92, and then six years later, that finally settled with the caveat that we can still say that it's monkey meat. Um, so, pe- you know, people outside of Spamoki think they're getting monkey meat, and that's why they buy it in mass. Because that, that's what you really want on your cased meat product, that genuine monkey meat sticker. Yes. Only the finest deliciousness from Spamoki. Now, I, I hate to interject, but on a sort of banner that he's now waving back and forth, uh, a little monkey banner fashioned out of clothes that he must have found in the back of the RV, Bubba has written... Do you not see? Do you not see the cruelty we have endured? In time, bub bub. I know. I keep saying that. It's one day you and I will be equal, and we'll we will grind ourselves together. Oh, now, now he's. It seems like he's gone to sleep. He should have had another apple bite, but you know. I've got to say, this has been a positively enlightening trip through not only history but through biology and musicology. Truly a blend as delicious as monkey sausage. I think we have time for one more segment, and I'm glad we do because it's my all-time favorite segment, Elliot. That, listeners, you know, is Did You Know. So, listeners, we know that in 2000-whatever-it-is, you don't always have time for an entire segment or an entire show about facts and interesting tidbits and interviews. Sometimes you just need the quick-hitting trivia bits. And that's what Did You Know is. It's five fast-fire facts about the town that we stay in. Elliot, I imagine you have the first one for us. Of course I do. Uh, Vince and Reginald, did you know that not all organ grinder tunes are as unpopular as you'd expect? Yes, I did know that. Feel free to elaborate on this because I actually heard one of your songs and it parlays nicely into what I'm talking about. These songs are a lot of times rip-offs of popular 90s sitcom intro songs that you're playing on your organ. Yes, the, uh, specifically the TGIF block of ABC has been very, very popular with both tourists and some locals. Some locals. I mean, they, a lot of them were more of NBC, you know, Thursday night, if I haven't seen it, it's new to me. 
crowd. A lot of organ grinders have run into copyright infringement because they've repurposed these songs for their own organs, which leads a lot of the the casts of the shows to be chasing organ grinders out of town. Correct. And here in Smokey, I've worked tirelessly for the rights of artists to uh, to use these uh, to use these songs. These once they are given to the people via uh, a TV tube or with your Hulus and your HBO goats, I don't know, later. We'll watch Last Week Tonight later. You get a lot of people who really love old shows, and so we love to put them on here. When you come to some Momoki, you know you're going to get a little step-by-step. You're going to get some full house. You're going to get some family matters, and you're going to love it. Even, uh, yes, I know people love dinosaurs. Yes, not the mama, correct. That is what we do. That's what we do, and that's how we keep afloat other than that deliciousness sausage. You yourself ended up in Spamoki because you were constantly trying to evade this, the cast of Growing Pains. Correct, and we were able to make a bubble, essentially, of a bubble that can't be pierced by big television money. Well, I certainly did not know that, but did you guys know that Spamoki was at the forefront of... Uh, social networking technology when they invented an app that paired monkeys with musicians. Wow, what app is that? Now fairly famous for going a different direction when it went national, it was called Grindr. There's still a lot of confusion over how to use Grindr. So there's a lawsuit that is basically why, if you look at the Grindr app now, they started the trend of not using an E in the word. So it's Mm. G-R-I... And D-R. Uh, so if you go on to your, your app store, whether it's Google or it is the, uh, the Apple, you're going to find two different grinders depending on how you spell it. So if you were to punch in G-R-I-N-D and wait, mm-hmm. you're going to see two apps pop up. Depending on which one you click on, you could be in for a good night either way, but I don't know how it'll turn out for you. I'm sure there's been a ton of confusion, Vince, of people, you know, looking on their phone, trying to find someone to fuck, and then they end up, and you know, with a monkey or some guy with an organ grinder. There's been a lot of instances where what you thought you were getting wasn't, but I understand that both apps currently have a 4.8 rating in their app stores. So it looks like even the happy accidents that may result of the app's miscommunication inherently still yield positive results. I believe the term you mean is happy ending, but yes. There actually is an instance of one guy um, and his monkey whose name is Click Clack, and the monkey was trying to use Grindr, you know, the, the hookup app, and he ended up being hooked up with his organ grinder, and so it was a, kind of a match made in heaven. Uh, Click Clack and Frank uh, do lovely work down on 4th and Main. Yeah, their, their uh, intro to Step by Step is second to none. Yes, oh, and that uh, I, I should let people know. So you mentioned our intro courses. Uh, for people who are interested in becoming a level 14 organ grinder, uh, we usually do classes the first and fourth Saturdays of every month down on 4th and Main uh, with a, a rotating cast of grinders and grindies and monkeys. Um, it's free. We just ask a, a small payment into the nearest cup, uh, and you can learn how to do what we do. But not as well. Not as well. We do. We want more people to, to feel free to grind, but we don't 
we're not going to just like hand it to you either. Like I said, oh, it's a level 14. That's a lot of work to get to the higher level. You know, I, I didn't know that. And Reginald, do you have a, another did you know for us? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I do. Did you know that the Wright brothers plane actually flew from Kitty Hawk here to Spamoki? Wow, I had no idea. So Orville and Wilbur Wright were actually in Spamoki? Correct. They... The, the books like to say that they flew for like 20 feet and it was so cool and everything. Uh, that has been rewritten. You know how they say history is rewritten by the victors, correct? Actually, um, your little monkey friend here has woken up and he's written that uh, the floor of our RV. Yes, it's a very, it's one of Bub Bub's favorites. Um, he, he keeps, he likes to keep track of the things that he says because he says one day when he is a victor, uh, and his body has moved into a new vessel, he will be rewriting the history of America. And to be quite honest, good for you. Good for you, Bub Bub. I love you too. Okay. But yes, uh, that history is remarkable that they, LaGuardia actually managed to have all of the books in America rewritten to say that they only flew for 20 feet. They flew for miles. And they ended up in Spamoki. They ended up in Spamoki. We turned the spirit of Saint. That was, that was, was that the name of the plane? What was, no, it wasn't the spirit. I don't think it was. It wasn't the spirit of Saint Louis. That was the Lindbergh. I'm I'm confusing plane. my airplanes that have been converted into airplane slash organ grinders. But mm. did you know that that first plane, once they got it here, we fashioned it so that when they cranked the wheels, when you know they pedaled to fly it, mm -hmm. it also made a beautiful sound that was in the tone of, uh, I believe, Happy Days. It was very anachronistic, but I think very fitting also of the Aviation Bound Brothers. I didn't know that, uh, guys, but did you know that in Spamoki, North Carolina, the monkeys have been getting very adept at making their own tools? Uh, I kind of did gather that, Elliot, but please expound. <laughs> well, they, they started this because a lot of organ grinders are missing legs. Um, this this comes from, you know, a long time of running away and escaping different cities. They lose a leg, and then they have peg legs. Uh, and who else is making these peg legs but the monkeys? So they're getting very adept at small hand tools, whittling knives, making peg legs for their owners, and of course they use these skills to make other tools and things, presumably. Uh, have you noticed this trend, Reginald, here in Spamoki? Uh, well, behind the RV is a second trailer that is packed with Bub Bub's tools. He's, he's very talented. Uh, some of them, uh, you, can, you can see the progression. Uh, some are very crude, bone hammers and, and other, you know, very 2001-ian in style, very just kind of primitive. As I'm not, I didn't call you a primate. I said primitive. You know, I, you know the difference. He's actually come and he's laid out um, a series of it looks like effigies of yourself, Reginald, and they they definitely get better and better and more detailed as he's progressed. And in the corner, he's constructed uh, not to interrupt uh, what looks like an obelisk out of some sort of single large stone. A monolith. I think is what you're looking for. It's he's it's his favorite movie. Yes, I know it should have won an Oscar for best makeup. I know. I'm, he he hates Planet of the Apes, the the Heston version. He loves the Wahlberg version for some reason. Oh, that one's great. He loves Helen the Bottom Carter. I mean, who doesn't? But she truly is a natural a national treasure. I didn't know that. 
But did you guys know, and this is a, a rare guest, did you know, this one comes straight from Bubbub, did you know that the time for monkey kind to rule this godforsaken planet is, is now, is today? Today? Bubbub. Well, thank you for saying you'll spare me. Well, on that note, I think we should probably wrap the show up and let Bubbub get to his important business. The, the glyphs and runes on the, on the monolith he's constructed are beginning to glow. If that isn't a, a sign of the times, then I don't know what is. Vince, I, I believe you're referring to our final segment. Wish you were here. I sure am, Elliot. So, listeners, we know that you couldn't come with us across the country physically, and frankly, you might not want to be in Spamoki in the near future. But we still wish you were here, and so we have an audio postcard from us to you. It goes something like this. Dear listener, Wish you were here in Spamoki, North Carolina. A town where the outcast organ grinders of our great nation have come to convene in brotherhood. Organ grinders such as Reginald P. Frankum III, Esquire, and his monkey, Bub-Bub. town where organ grinding and the, the bond between man, woman, and monkey has become extremely important. A town where you might hear a little ditty, and it might sound something like the opening themes of 90s sitcoms. A town where currently there is a Zeppelin with the words Revolution flying overhead. Uh, And I think I'm seeing sort of Molotov cocktails being dropped from the sky. A town where in the future, it's very possible will be completely overrun by monkeys. From the organ grinders here in Spamoki, farewell. From these parts to our parts to your parts. Thanks for tuning in this week, listeners. Hope you enjoyed our time in Spamoki, North Carolina. And I hope you stick with us next week when we're in Starboard, Alaska. The town is technically a large, deadliest catch fishing boat in the Pacific Ocean that was incorporated by the state. So come back, it's going to be fun.